Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to talk about our best bets for week four of the NFL season. And back again to do it with me is Pat Fitzmorris. Find him on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Uh, Pat was here earlier this week. He's not officially my new co-host or anything like that. He is pinch hitting today. Our guest had a little bit of a conflict. Pat, thank you for pinch hitting on short notice. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Happy week four to you. Yes, I'm excited. I'm ready to get into this. Uh, I feel pretty good about my three picks today, and we'll talk about it, but I did get your picks in advance. You did take one of mine. It's a gross pick. I really look forward to bringing it down a little bit, but you guys know how we do this. We each give our three best bets of the weekend, either spreads or uh, over-unders or even money line if we want, uh, and then we'll quickly run through the remaining spreads. Before we do it, let me remind you about the latest offer from BetMGM. New customers bet $5.00. Win $100 on any NFL game if either team scores a touchdown, okay? So it doesn't have to be the team you bet on. Bet $5 on either team. Win 100 if either one scores a touchdown. That's pretty much going to happen. That is code JUICE100. I've mentioned this before. That is our podcast, The Daily Juice, hosted by Matt Peral. Again, the code is JUICE100. New customers at BetMGM. All right, let's get into it. We're going to basically use our consensus lines over at bettingpros.com that gives you the aggregate of what is available in the market. There are some disparities, obviously, between books, which maybe we'll note. Uh, if we do, you can fade or follow us or do whatever you want. Very briefly, let me run through what happened last week. Our guest, uh, the good news for you, Pat, is that the bar is incredibly low based on our last guest, Alex Kaloje from the Action Network. He actually missed on all three of his favorite bets. They were the Jaguars Cardinals over 52 the Bucks minus one against the Rams, and the Browns and the Bears over 42, I believe, or maybe I was wrong on that, but regardless, he did miss it because that didn't come anywhere close. I hit on two of the three. I had the Jets-Broncos under 41 and a half, which was, to me, a one of my favorite bets that I've made so far this year. The Titans minus five to the Colts. I did miss on the Eagles plus three and a half to the Cowboys. I completely and utterly misread that game. Absolutely. Like, that was actually one of my favorite bets coming into the week. So hopefully we'll do better. Pat, you get to kick us off. Any bet you want on the board, go ahead. All right, Dan. I'm going to take the Jets plus seven at home against the Titans because who should the Titans be favored against on the road by seven points? I don't really think anyone in the NFL. I don't know. I feel like people are kind of misreading their two wins. Like the the Colts are not a good team. Like that's not a quality win. And they did have, uh, after a bad start, their one decent one was against Seattle, although I think that Seattle defense is a lot worse than people realize. Um, And, you know, once they got it going, they looked pretty good in that game. But I just don't think they're necessarily good enough to beat the Jets by more than a touchdown uh, on the road. So uh, I think the Jets are, are maybe like I know things have not gone well. I know they haven't been able to keep the pass rush off Zach Wilson. Uh, maybe you can talk me out of this, Dan. If anyone can, it's you. But, um, you know, and I think the Jets defense is actually pretty decent. And, um, you know, I, I don't think Salah is going to be one of these guys who has to wait five, six weeks, weeks for his first win. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Would you take them on the money line? I should look at what the uh, what the odds are here. I'll talk about my opinions on this game in a second, but okay, the yeah, money it would line, be probably yeah. what plus one ninety five, one ninety. Oh, like it's that? more than that. It depends on the 210? book. Two seventy five. 
Oh, that's high. Oh, yeah. I You're mean, in on it, huh? A little, little something on that as well. Yes. If you are going for the Jets, uh, you are probably going down the wrong road, but it's fine. Um, This actually, Pat, <laughs> I said one of the bets I was going to take with you. This is actually the bet, and I know it's ridiculous. And again, everybody knows I am a Jets fan, but everybody knows I'm sure I'm not a Jets homer. It's impossible to be one, actually. And I, I've kind of been buying the Titans team um, from the basically below what I, I think is their actual value, the perception in the market, I think, has been a little low because of that first game against Arizona when they looked terrible. Week two, I had them getting, I think it was five and a half against the Seahawks. Week three, again, as I mentioned, I had them laying the five to the Colts. Last week against the Colts, it was a little more fading the Colts, as you sort of mentioned, than it was buying the Titans. The reason why I also like the Jets in this game, I liked it at seven and a half. Obviously, now that's down to seven, not quite as appealing, but there are a couple of reasons. Number one, let's not gloss over the fact that the Titans are probably going to have no wide receivers in this game, right? A.J. Brown is almost certainly not going to play. The latest on Julio, Pat, I don't know if you, I mean, it sounds like he's not going to play, right? He missed practice with a hamstring injury, right? We're not yeah. expecting him to go at this point, are we? Yeah, I mean, he was just like, I don't know if there was an injury, but they said he tightened up in the fourth quarter and they have not let him practice all week. So, like, I I think A.J. is definitely not going to play and probably trending that way with Julio, too. Right. So who are we looking at as their number one right. wide receiver? Is it Westbrook Aquina? Like, is that what we're actually going with at this point? I, yeah. You know, Josh Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> who am I forgetting? Chester Rogers. It's just uh, not an offense that's going to be able to pass the ball up and down the field. And again, their scheme isn't doesn't work quite as well without Arthur Smith. And so it's going to be a lot of running. I don't despise the under in this game either, but it's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. And you mentioned it, the Jets defense, a collection of, you know, haves and have nots, mostly have nots, has actually played a lot better that like their whole is greater than the sum of their parts, if that makes sense. And where they really struggle is the secondary where they're playing absolute no names. But again, You've got now, if if Brown and or Julio Jones were going to be healthy for this game, I might have a different opinion. But without them, you just don't have to worry about it all that much. So it's going to be a ton of Derrick Henry, and I expect them to win the game. But I don't think they're going to be able to put up a ton of points. Conversely, I think the Jets, like, they have looked terrible. I completely admit that. Their offensive line is abysmal. I completely get that. But they're not completely devoid of playmakers. You know, the scheme is okay. I expect Corey Davis to have a big game. I actually, Pat, I did a video for bettingpros.com. One of my five player prop bets was Corey Davis over his receiving yards, which I think, I can't remember what it was, 48 and a half, something like that. I think Corey Davis has a big game here. Again, playing Denver in Denver, I knew that game was going to be terrible for the Jets. I really did. Like, you know, they weren't getting anything going. The Patriots have a pretty solid defense. This is a game I think that the Jets are going to be able to put up points. So not a ton of points, but I think they'll be able to keep it close enough where I think if you're getting the touchdown, certainly if any seven and a halfs are out there, those look to be gone in the market. The consensus is seven, but it's all seven up and down the line. I would definitely go for it if you have the hook. But either way, this was the one I was going to take, Pat. Oddly enough, the ugly Jets game is the one I was going to get. And I forgot that you were a Jets fan, Dad, believe it or not. I was what? not merely pandering to you with that pick. <laughs> um, but yet you I'm glad you mentioned the uh receivers in my babbling. That was a big part of it. Because I mean, if you've got AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and then you're yeah. picking on this young cornerback group that has what, between the six guys, like two years of NFL experience. Yep. Um, you know, if it's like Eccles trying to guard AJ Brown, I mean, 
different story. But right. um, yeah, with with guys like Westbrook Aquina and Reynolds and Chester Rogers, like you're not going to be able to do as much damage with uh, that motley assortment yeah. of of who's the who's who of Titans backup receivers. Yeah. So I just think it's going to be a, a closer game. And again, I do think that the Jets offense is going to look at least a little more competent. They played three tough defenses in a row here. So I think, again, I, I think this is something that's going to be close. I do like that you're taking them on the money line. You're very clearly a Jets fan. It's fine. I will take your Packers then, and we will we will do an even <laughs> swap. Totally fine with me. Uh, all right, so for my first game, I'm actually going with a total, and it's the Ravens and the Broncos under 45 and a half. There are a lot of reasons why I like this game um, under. First of all, both teams generally play slow, and I think that's something always that I look at with a total is I look at the pace of play. They both play slow generally. They both run the ball a ton. That's going to just naturally bleed the clock. The Broncos are 3-0 so far to the under. I mentioned that I was taking them last week against the Jets with the under. That hit very uh, easily here. And I think that even just generally taking what they look like overall, there are some injury concerns here that I think also lend themselves to the under. Another Number one, Lamar Jackson is banged up in this game. He took a shot. In the last game, his back has been bothering him. So I think for the most part, you're going to see it a little under control. And oddly enough, both these teams take shots down the field. Like they're they're two of the teams that have actually taken the most shots down the field. I think that's going to change a little bit for both in this game, in part because Lamar Jackson is injured. In part, I think the KJ Hamler injury, Pat, is a little bit underrated in terms of what it means for the offense. Not so much Hamler's production, but Hamler and his ability to at least stretch the field opens up lanes, I think, for Sutton and for Patrick, who don't really have that top end speed. Without that, I think it's just going to be very difficult for any really explosive plays to happen for the Broncos. So it strikes me as a game of like slow, methodical drives here where, you know, it's a lot of dinking and dunking. And I think the Broncos obviously defensively are very good in Denver, by the way. I talked about this as well, that I really think early in the season in Denver, road teams in particular, they just have trouble acclimating for the first month, first four games, usually where I like it because of the thin air. And I think they're just not conditioned enough to get there. The Baltimore defense getting a little healthier. This strikes me as a slugfest, Pat. I can't, I lean towards the Ravens, who I think are getting a point and a half at this point. Um, but I'm not willing to take that. I do think, though, however, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a slow, drawn out game. And I lean towards the under here at 45 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, am actually in a bizarre pool where I have to bet the Ravens game side and total every week. And uh, oh. I did. T- yeah, it's 32 people and you are drawn an NFL team. And oh, you wow. have to pick their games every week. Yes, uh, our uh, my friend, maybe our mutual friend, Michael Beller of The Athletic sure. runs mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy team. I drew the Ravens. Yeah, they're uh, getting a point. Uh, well, I, what's funny, yeah, they're getting a point, but it's all over the place, actually, depending on the book. The consensus line is getting a point. Fandle has them giving a point. Foxman has them getting half a point. So it's it's a little all over the place. Yeah, I think I got a, I took Denver at home getting a point. I believe. Okay, so, yeah, that's um, what the consensus line is. So you take Denver in this game if you had to pick a side on the spread. I did, I did. I took Denver okay. in the under. Um, I just it is, like I don't I yeah. don't think the Ravens are quite the same same team that they would have been pre uh, Gus Edwards and and Marcus yep. Peters. Like those were yep. two big blows for them. I just think that kind of uh, you know a blow to each side of the ball. That, yeah, you know maybe kind of took away a little bit of their underpinnings. Yep. Well, if you're going with any side in a Broncos game, Teddy covers usually the side to go on. So That's right. I can't That's blame right. you there. 
but I would I would lean. Uh, and again, if they're getting a point, if they're giving a point, it's irrelevant. But I, I would probably go with the Ravens personally in this game. That's not one of my official pick. My only official pick is the under 45 and a half points. Again, that I this is a bet. This you know when I looked at all the games, I didn't. There's you know as the lines Pat to me get a little sharper going forward. Like there are a few real edges that sort of stick out to me, but this one is a game that I I see really coming in at like closer to like the 42, you know, mark for me anyway. So I will go with that. Let's go to your second pick. Who do you got? All right. So um, I like the over in the Kansas City Philadelphia game, which is at 54. So I think we saw Philadelphia run the ball with their running backs three times in their Monday night game against the Cowboys. Like, I don't know if that's going to be an every week thing. There might be a, a great outcry to establish the run this week, but um, I, I kind of think that's not the way they want to play. Their defense didn't look especially good. I think that we are due to see a more mistake-free game from Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I think we talked about this earlier, Dan, the, the Kansas City defense is bad. Like, people don't realize yes. how bad it is. They <laughs> are, per, per the Football Outsiders DVOA metric, dead last, both against the run and the pass. They have the daily double for worst defense in both facets of the game. So, yeah, I, I think these two teams might race up and down the field a little bit. And even though I generally... Uh, Kind of like to stay away from any overs above like 52 and a half, 53, right. unless it's, you know, two teams that I really think, you know, something like uh, we said the Mexico City game a couple of years ago where I was right. pretty confident in the the over in that one. Sure. Um, you know, generally I don't love grabbing onto those, but this one I think is, is going to race pretty quickly. So do you have, I mean, talk to me a little bit about, because Casey defense stinks as we have talked about it really it really does and i don't think that you know casual betters have really gotten there yet uh but do you feel confident then that you know regardless of how bad they are that the eagles that looked like the most inept offense you know i'd ever seen basically are going to be able to take advantage of it you know i guess probably in a way where they have to most likely keep up with Kansas City, right? So, uh, yeah, I think they are going to have to at least pay lip service to the running game a little more. And I, I think that's kind of how they should play, at least to maybe set up the play action for Hertz a little bit. I mean, their first few series the other day were like uh, interception, I think, on the first series, mm -hmm. two, three and outs. Then maybe on their fourth series, I think they attempted their first run and got like a 24-yard gain for Miles Sanders. And then... Yep. You know, never maybe ran a, him again. <laughs> yeah, like maybe a Hertz run after that, and then two right. two incompletions and another punt. I mean, like they have to uh, go about this a little bit differently, and I, I think they will. And I'm I'm still pretty pro Hertz actually. And okay, I think he is the type of like versatile run pass weapon who can do a lot of damage to a defense like Kansas City's. Well, I'm glad I'm not the last person on the Jalen Hurts uh, bandwagon. Uh, I will stick with you. All right. All right. So that's, a, I mean, it is, it's a high total. It's 54. I see it at 54 and a half in a lot of places. So uh, it's going to be a game, uh, but rooting for offense is certainly always better. Uh, let's get ugly. Let's continue to get ugly, man. You took, you took one New York team. I think I'm going to take the other New York team. Technically, neither one of these is New York teams, obviously, as my father always used to say. They're both New Jersey teams and there is one New York team and it is the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to take the other New Jersey team 
and it's the Giants getting seven and a half points from the Saints. It's it's it, you know I I feel like when I'm taking these games and I look at it, and I'm like I think there's a little bit of value here. It's always on these terrible teams that I'm just like, all right, I got to hold my nose and sort of do it. But here, here's where I go. This everything about this just strikes me as a spot to take the Giants. There are a lot of reasons not to, to be clear, like when you look at it. I mean, this is the Saints first real home game, right? Because they weren't home, obviously, in week one. So I'm sure the crowd is going to be fired up. I don't expect Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard to play in this game. Neither one has practiced so far this week. As we record that, Blake Martinez is already out. Their offensive line is injured. But I think in part, I'm fading the Saints a little bit because like I know they beat the Packers, Pat, but obviously you're a Packers fan. That just struck me as much more about the Packers coming into that game in Florida, maybe having trouble with the heat, not really knowing what to expect. And just not bringing their A game as opposed to the Saints putting up this dominant performance. They looked terrible in the second game against the Panthers. And I know they they beat the uh, they beat the Patriots handily in this last game. But, you know, that game could have pretty easily gone the other way. I mean, if John Smith doesn't hand the other team an interception, Jameis kind of threw the ball up in the end zone there for a touchdown. Like that game was not totally dominated by the Saints in the way that the final score sort of suggests. And I mean, you look at Winston, he's averaging 129 passing yards game like that's crazy the total is 42 by the way so I feel like you know I talked about this a little bit last week too when you have such a low total and you have a big spread like something doesn't really work there in my opinion usually and so I don't really think that the Saints are going to cover here and really when you look kind of historically especially with Daniel Jones this is kind of where this is kind of where Daniel Jones comes out with a big one right I mean we saw him obviously against Washington in that game stinks at home but on the road he somehow is always covered he's 10 and 4 in his career against the spread uh on the road Winston is not good as a favorite uh, generally speaking their offensive line is tough their Armstead's going to be out this just feels like a letdown spot for the Saints off that big win the Giants are absolutely desperate to try to stay into it I think given the lack of wide receivers they're going to design some runs for him they're going to get Jenner Jones out Saquon Barkley looks a lot healthier so it's gross, but I'm getting over a field, over a uh, touchdown here. I'm going to hold my nose and take the Giants getting seven and a half from the Saints. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. I join you in uh, your doubts about the Saints offense for certain. I mean, that's yep. uh, like I don't know if they can continue to win this way with Jameis Winston throwing like 20 passes a game. Yep. I mean, this is the same Jameis Winston who led the NFL in passing attempts in 2019 has suddenly turned into this, you know, 1976 era game managing <laughs> like quarterback. It's such yep. a bizarre <laughs> formula that's working for them. And, and I mean, you mentioned the Armstead injury. I mean, that's a yep. big blow to a team that at least had, if, you know, not a lot of uh, skill position talent other than Alvin Kamara, like did have that really good offensive line and losing a very good left tackle is a blow for sure. The one thing that gives me pause here, Dan, is that that defense looks really legitimate. Yeah. Um, like they, uh, they're deep. I mean, like, you know, overcoming the Marcus Davenport injury and still having a yep. decent pass rush. Um, and the other thing was that uh, b- before I came on with you, I was looking at the Massey Peabody website and yep. in their power rankings. I was shocked to see no, uh, New Orleans was second in their power rankings. And, yep. uh, so I don't know, maybe they do buy into the offense and maybe they do think this is a truly great defense, like the best in the NFL. I don't know sure. if I do, but um, 
you know, that gives me pause. Can Daniel Jones defeat a very good defense? That yeah. That's probably why this would be I don't necessarily like the Saints side of it. I, I do not, but I might it might be a stay away from me, I think. Totally fine. I I do not expect the Giants to win this game, to be clear, but I do think they're gonna keep it close. And again, I and you look, uh, you know, Rufus Peabody is the the the, <laughs> the best. Their stuff is fantastic. When I've seen when I've watched them play, their defense is good, but I, it's just something where I don't know, Pat. It, they ha- and I know they've had injuries and they've just overcome it. It doesn't strike me as a total lockdown unit for me. And I think, by the way, the Jameis version of himself, like the the old Jameis, wants to come out. Right? You kind of saw it against the Panthers. Like he's just like it's just like this this charging bull that's like just let me go, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Just just give me the word. And I think like if something happens, if like he throws a pick or there's a fumble and they'll fall behind, he'll come out a little bit. So. You're getting the hook a little bit over the touchdown. I will take it, but it is ugly, and uh, that's all bets, I feel like. All good bets are ugly at this point. All right, let's get to your last one. What do you got, Pat? All right, so uh, the last one is Carolina plus four at Dallas. And um, for me, this is about two things. Uh, For one, it's that I legitimately believe in the Carolina offense and defense, Maybe the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is the injury to J.C. Horn, especially mm-hmm. when you're going up against a, uh, an offense that brings C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. and So that's a problem. I mean, like Horn was a good-looking rookie. But what I really like about this game, Dan, is that Matt Rule and Joe Brady, two coaches I really believe in, will have had nine full days to prepare for this game. Going up against Mike McCarthy, Dan, as you mentioned, I'm a Packer fan. He's maybe a coach who I don't have the the greatest degree of faith in on a short work week. Yeah. So I'm definitely playing the long week, short week thing here. And, um, you know, I kind of think this should be more like a a three-point spread to begin with rather than the four. Yeah. Give me the extra point and the the work week differential. and, And I really like this one. For the dog. Yeah, there are a lot of four and a halfs now, by the way, out there. So it's moving even up in that direction. And it's not surprising. The Cowboys are a very public team. Public team, as, sure. Now, I mean, we assume Christian Caffrey's out for this game. So that doesn't scare you off about it at all? No, no. Okay. All right. Another guy who I bet a prop bet on is Robbie Anderson this week. I know it's going to be gross, but check it out again. A video over at Betting Pros. Is this a, a squeaky wheel theory, Dan? It might, it might, be, a little, okay. might be a little squeaky wheel. Might be a little squeaky <laughs> wheel. Uh, it also might be that I expect Diggs to kind of shadow DJ Moore, and they don't have too many other places to go. And Dallas gives up a lot of uh, high, uh, you know, explosive passing plays there. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of reasons. But uh, I, won't, I won't even give it away. YouTube.com slash Betting Pros. Go check it out. Uh, all right. So I, you know, interesting, Pat, it, the mini buy versus the short week and the Matt and the Mike McCarthy, who I similar fit, by the way, fun, fun story. When Adam Gase was hired, I remember everybody asking me about it and being like, oh, did you want McCarthy? Because McCarthy was in the running. And I said, the reason why I would prefer Gase is because I think it's easier to move on from Gase than it is to move on from Mike McCarthy, because I think McCarthy comes with such a big mystique. So that was a point in favor, and obviously we have moved on from uh, Adam Gates, and I expect uh, McCarthy to coach the Cowboys for the next seven years, so that'll be fine. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I didn't have a great feel for it, just because realistically, I, the Cowboys, like, 
they looked impressive in that game against the Eagles. And I realized it was a horrible Eagles game plan, but I think it was surprising to me how impressive they looked in that game. Just so like I have almost a very, very public sort of a wow, did not expect to see that. I'm a little gun shy right now, you know, but uh, I think if I had to take a side, I probably would take the four and a half because I take the points. But I agree with you that closer to a field goal probably does feel better. Either way, though, I'm staying away. I'm going to enjoy the rooting for you on it, though. Uh, I'm going to go to your team, though, here, Pat. Now, I'm not going to go with the spread. I'm going with the total, though. It's 45 and a half. I'm going under Steelers against the Packers. This is another example of two teams that play slow. So, again, 45 and a half. Two teams that play slow, generally speaking, going up. And this, again, if you look, Mike Tomlin has been an NFL coach for a very long time. And I think, like, it's past narrative point to see what happens with Tomlin's team. I mean, Pat, when you bet on a Mike Tomlin team as like a favorite or a heavy favorite, he's almost always going to let you down. They're almost never going to cover. But when you bet on him as an underdog, he gets that team up. That team plays better than you've ever seen when he gets points and when he gets a lot of points. When it's the nobody believes in us thing, he can play up. So there's a reason enough on that side to bet them on the spread. But for me, I think what that means in this game is that the defense is going to get up and the defense is going to play really well because really they don't have the horses. You can rah-rah all you want. You don't have the horses to have a dominant offensive game, especially with Deontay Johnson banged up. He was limited yesterday in practice. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't practice yesterday. Don't know if either or both or neither is going to play in this game. So I think realistically, though, I do think that the defense is going to get up for this game. Meanwhile, you've got the Packers. They are coming off that monstrous win in that game. This is a prime sort of letdown spot for that offense coming into the game. So this strikes me as a game that the Steelers want to turn into a little bit of a slugfest because, again, they don't have the offensive firepower to go toe-to-toe with the Packers. So I think they're going to want to kind of slow the game down, play with their defense. I think the Packers probably come out a little flat because that's what happens generally when you come off these giant wins and everything like that. So, again... Strikes me as a close game. I would lean the Steelers. We'll talk about that in in a bit as we run through all the games, probably getting the six and a half points. But this strikes me as a close game. Classic like Mike Tomlin, keep the game close, get his team up and keep under. So under 45 and a half in this game is my play. So I like that one a lot because the Packers are going to be continue to be without David Bakhtiari, who's going to be a while longer. And also likely without Elton Jenkins, who slides over from the left guard spot to left tackle to guard that blind side. Now, Jenkins did not play against the 49ers, and I really expected the 49ers to get to Rodgers that game. And strangely, they did not. They only sacked him once, and they're, you know, a few hurries. But for the most part, like, they kept Rodgers pretty clean, especially at key times. I don't know if that's going to be the case this week with Pittsburgh uh, trying to get off the mat after that bad home loss to the Bengals. I mean, how many times have you seen the the Steelers lose at home to the Bengals over the last couple of decades? I mean, that's an embarrassing loss for them. And TJ Watt trending toward playing is my understanding, which is going to be a big problem for that Green Bay offensive line. So I do like your under call a lot here and uh, probably... The side call, too, as much as as I hate to admit it, it does look like kind of a trouble spot for the Packers. Yeah, I don't want to take the Steelers, right? Just because you watch them play, Pat, and it's, you know, just disgusting, right? We talked about it jokingly, you know, on our fantasy show that you've got a lot of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger running for his life, running for his life, and then getting off a three-yard dumb pass to Najee Harris, especially if those receivers are injured. But again, this is the game. Tomlin's going to get up the defense. 
I think it's going to be a slugfest. And again, I, I could see the Packers coming out a little flat here off that huge win. That's a lot of times what happens. So we'll see about that. All right, so let's very briefly run through the picks. I will run them through again at the end. And then Pat and I are going to go through each of the spreads really quick or the over-unders, whatever you want, Pat. And then we can talk about how we feel. You are taking the Jets, getting seven uh, from the Titans, the Panthers getting four from the Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles over 54. I'm going to take, yes, phew, I got it. Totally, totally got it right off the top of my head. Ravens and the Broncos are going under for me under 45 and a half. The Giants are getting seven and a half from the Saints and the Steelers Packers also under 45 and a half. So I'm rooting for a lot of 44s this week. All right. Pat, are you ready to go through each of the remaining games and uh, make some bets? We, I'm going to force you to pick a side. Uh, the Browns are laying two to the Vikings in Minnesota. What do you think? I would reluctantly take the home dog here. Really reluctantly. Like, I don't like betting Minnesota at home in these close games. It seems like more often than not the lay an egg. But, like, I do think the Browns might be a little overvalued off the Bears game and uh, one of those things where they might be a little fat and happy and I don't know if I expect them to win on the road. Yeah, I uh, I think the Vikings, like if I was forced to pick a side, it's definitely the Vikings getting to at home. And I thought about it, Pat. I thought about it for my pick. I, I really did because I, I do think this is a spot to back the Vikings, to back Zimmer as that defense gets like a little more. Remember, they had all these new players coming in and I know that, right? So I think, like, he gives him a little time. He's bound to sort of find the cohesive unit. The offense looks really, really good. And I do think it's a letdown spot here for the Browns. So I would agree with you. Any thoughts on the total of 51 and a half at all? Yeah, I would probably play that under just because I think that the Browns want to play a little bit slow. They want to run yep. the ball and, and play ball control. So, yep. I agree with you on that one. How about the Chiefs? We talked about the over-under. How about the Chiefs laying seven on the road in Philadelphia? Oh, whenever I back the Chiefs, I lose. So I'm, I'm taking the points with the uh, the home dog. Yeah, I just don't think the Chiefs are good enough to cover that sort of spread on the road. Yeah, I think that that is fair. Okay, next game. How about, I? we already talked about the spread for the Panthers and the Cowboys. What about the total at 51 and a half? Any feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, that seems like a, a game that's, capable of, of getting over. I mean, even though the Panthers defense has been really good and the, the Cowboys defense has been better than expected, but I do feel like we're going to see points in this one. I don't know. It's probably a, a pretty true line. I mean, it would be yeah. a stay away for me, I guess. It's exactly how I feel. It's not a line that I want to go near. If I'm forced to choose, because I was like, whatever, um, I'd probably go over, but I, it's not a, a line that I want to go on. Mention the Giants and the Saints. You know, I'm taking the Giants getting seven and a half. How about the total? 42. By the way, there's a lot of 41s out there as well. There's, uh, you know, it's all over the place. What do you think? We talked about it. Like, I'm not really buying the Saints offense, and I, I sort of am buying the Saints defense. So I guess under. Like, I think this could be a, a real nails on chalkboard kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. It's And it's low. It's a really low total. But again, I think it's going to be a close game, and I, I think both teams are going to have a little trouble scoring, generally speaking. So I also lean uh, for the under, and we talked about the Titans and the Jets, their spread. The total is 44 and a half. Any thoughts on that? Another one that I would probably play under, 
Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, we know that the Jets are going to have a little bit of trouble moving the ball, even if it's against not a great defense. And uh, the Titans are going to want to play slow, especially with those receivers out. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think. I think it's just sort of a, a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of clock moving. I think under as well is the play and was almost one of mine as well. Um, but because you took the Jets and the spread, I was, I was going to let it go. Uh, a little birdie told me that you have very specific feelings on our next game, uh, and that is the Bears laying three now to the Lions in Chicago and the total of 42. Oh, Dan, I so wanted to take the over in this game. I really wanted to take the over. I think that Lions secondary is just absolutely defenseless with uh, Jeff Akuda and uh, Melifonwu out, and it was not a good secondary to begin with. They don't have the pass rush to, to like, cover up for that deficiency and I think Fields is going to bounce back we talked about this on the show like Matt Nagy may be a lame duck but he's 43 like he wants to have a coaching career for another 20-25 years and he after that debacle last week is going to be coaching for his life like is he going to get another spot in the NFL or is he going to be like you know the offensive coordinator at the University of Montana so the thing that scares me off this, though, Dan, and, and yeah. I do think like the, the Bears secondary has its vulnerabilities, too. The thing that scares me away from this is that it is supposed to rain a lot in Chicago yeah. on Sunday. And I'm generally one who believes the weather effects thing is overstated a lot, sure. except for, you know, the crazy win games yep. or like the heavy rain games. But. This could be kind of a heavy rain game, and the uh, Chicago Park District, which keeps up the Soldier Field turf, has kind of a reputation for not doing the best job of it. Right. Um, it used to be really bad. I think they've gotten a little better, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about field conditions, and I just don't know if this game plays quite the way I thought it was going to if there's you know a, a wet field and a slippery ball involved. So Yeah. Well, so by the way, you feel con- you feel confident Fields is going to be under center because it could be any one of three QBs as we record this, Pat. I know that the Matt Nagy thing, another bit of brilliance from him. But, uh, <laughs> I, I am confident. I mean, it would just be such a like such an unpopular decision if he turned to Nick Foles here. In also, Chicago. this this is the spot where you should allow Fields to play against the Detroit Lions yeah. defense, like that, right? Yes. Like, let's see if you can yes. bounce him back. So that's what I would do anyway. I will say that the, the consensus spread is three, but it is more books have it at three than any other thing. But there are a lot of books at two and a half. I like the Bears in this so spot. Like I, right. I, that yep. was also something which yep. I debated picking as well. I, I understand now the weather is a the weather. If it's bad, especially if the field is bad, that's an equalizer a little bit. But I get that the Lions have played hard. That's great. They should have gotten destroyed by the Ravens last game. If Marquise Brown can hold on to, you know, one of three touchdown passes, then they get blown out of the water. Um, I, the Lions play hard. Kudos to them. But this is the Bears, as bad as they have looked, are a better team. And I, I think if you get it under a field goal in particular, I definitely like it. And there are a bunch out there right now. Points bet, for example, at two and a half. But even at three, I, I lean towards the Bears regardless. Uh, let's go to Washington visiting the Falcons. The uh, Falcons are getting a point and a half here at home. And the total is 47 and a half. It's crazy, Dan, but I I really think this uh, Washington team is like better than it showed. Uh, it should have a pass rush. 
Yep. I don't understand why this is, according to DVOA, like the fourth worst defense in the league right now. It just seems like they have better personnel than that. So I think they're going to pick it up on the defensive end. And I just don't think much of this Atlanta team. So, you know, I'll lay that points even on the road with a, a team that's playing a backup quarterback. Yep. I have already made this bet, just to be clear. I have taken Washington. I am with you on this. Washington strikes me as a much better team than we've seen, even without Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Taylor Heineke has been competent. Um, one thing is that, like, before we record this, I see Antonio Gibson might be dealing with an injury and didn't practice today. So I'm assuming that he's fine, obviously, but that might make a difference a little bit. Uh, but either way, I uh, I do think that uh, that Washington wins this game, and obviously it's a point and a half, so I think they cover. So I am with you there. Colts are visiting the Dolphins. The Colts are getting two points. Total is 42 and a half. Leaning the Dolphins here, just only, yeah, this is a terrible game. I, I couldn't I couldn't play this either way. Like if you forced me to to pick a side, I'd probably go with the home team, but yeah, it's a stay away. I want nothing to do with this game. Um, I I can make I mean I can make a case for either either team. I'm not sure I even want to watch it. Dan. <laughs> oh no, we have to. <laughs> it's our job. Watch that game. Um, but I agree. It's just kind of going to be an ugly game. Both teams need a win right now. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it's a desperate Colts team against a Dolphins team that, you know, obviously without Tua, don't know what they could do. So total stay away from me. How about, again, these Giants spreads? We talked about it on Monday. The Bills are laying 16 and a half now, down from 17, to the Texans uh, at home, you know, in Buffalo, 47 over under. If I so yeah, I tend not to play these big lines, but nope. I I would probably play the Bills, believe it or not, in this yep. one. Um, I just maybe it's another thing. Maybe I should be going the other way with the Texans having had the uh, nine full days of prep for this one, but I just kind of feel like it's not going to work out well for them. They're just really overmanned, and this Bills defense is is very good, and I can't see the Texans grinding out more than like. 10 points here. I mean, their implied point total is like 15 and a half. Yeah. I don't know how they get there. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, it's not a game I'm going to take because I usually don't take these giant spreads. But yeah, it's really difficult to see how they're going to be able to put up points. The Bills defense is really good. They're playing really, really well right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could, if you're forcing me to choose a side, I would take the Bills. Like I, I will... I will, you know, deal with the the possibility of a backdoor cover. But yeah, I don't know how they put up points. So I am with you. This is an interesting one here that I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Seahawks are visiting the 49ers. The Seahawks are getting three, and the total is 52. I think I'd take the Niners here. Um, again, I it's just that I think that Seattle defense is a lot worse than people realize. So that's kind of that's kind of my angle on this game. Yep. I think I'd take the Seahawks. I think if I had to go one way, I just, it's rough, but they're one and two. You're going to give me Russell Wilson down one and two. Like, it, this just strikes me as a game that, worst case, he's just going to take over. And I'm not that impressed with the 49ers right now. Like, I, I they're, they're you know, a, a fine team and everything like that. But, you know, I, with Jimmy G under center, just not an offense that scares you, not an offense that I think can really exploit the deficiencies in the Seahawks defense. And again, you've got Russell Wilson right now coming off, you know, Bad loss, not, you know, a couple bad losses in a row. It just strikes me as, it, you know, he's going to come out on top here. Again, not a game I'm betting necessarily, but if I was forced to, I think I would take the Seahawks in this one. How about the Cardinals visiting the Rams? The Rams are laying four and a half. Total is 55. 
Yeah, I this was another one I looked at, and I was just I could not choose a side or either end of that total. Like yeah. it was just. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind a sharp of, line. Yeah. yeah, it's a very sharp line both yep. ways. I agree. I'm not touching the total. I mean, it's 55. Like, yeah. there's no way I'm taking an under in this game. You could make it 70. I'm still like, I'm just going right. to sit out right out, right? But uh, at the same time, 55 is huge. I think I'd say, away. if I had to pick a side, I'd probably take the Rams. Um, but it's not a game that I feel good about at all. Like, I, you know, even if the Rams jump out to a big lead, you can easily see the Cardinals sort of covering. Yes. We talked about the total in this one. Would you take the side here with the Steelers? You know, I lean that way. The Packers are laying six and a half to the Steelers in Green Bay. I would. Yeah, the, okay. the uh, angry Steelers, Tomlin firing these guys up after the bad, bad home loss to Cincinnati. Yes. Yep. All right. I would as well. And we also talked about this one. The Ravens are getting one in Denver. You have picked a side because you have to, contractually obligated by whatever <laughs> weirdo league you're in. But you're taking the Broncos laying one. I would probably take the Ravens getting one, assuming Lamar is okay. I believe I just saw something that say he did not practice again today, but he reported, obviously, he's out. I'm running away, but uh, whatever, that's what it is. All right, uh, Sunday night, everybody is waiting for the game. Uh, the Bucks are visiting the Patriots. The Bucks right now are laying seven points. And the total is 49. Oh, man, I have to take the home dog here. I just have to. I know it's Brady mania and a lot of people just can't conceive of Brady and Gronk losing their homecoming game. But I just there's no way I am giving seven points to a Bill Belichick team at home. I I just can't do it. I am uh, not betting on this game whatsoever i i think honestly if i had to i would i pat i am i am bill balzac no matter what is is a an incredible incredible coach but i am slowly starting to come around to the fact that if he doesn't have tom brady on his team i i have no idea what we would think of bill belichick at this point you know as i know he's a great coach, i just don't know if he has if he has the ability right now and i don't trust mac jones whatsoever like that that's also part of it even if they the defense steps up. I just don't know if they keep this game close. I'm not betting it, to be clear. But uh, what, what was the total on this one again, Dan? 49. 49. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts? A stay away. Yeah. I, I think that's a good line. I think I'd if I had to, I'd go under, but I, I don't want it whatsoever. I just want to sit back. Pat, you and I will be doing the fantasy uh, recap show uh, right around that time. We'll DVR it. Then we'll sit back and watch it for sure. Last one, uh, Monday night game, the Raiders are visiting the Chargers. The Chargers are laying a field goal, total 51 and a half. Oh, fun game. Yep. Um, I believe a little bit more in the Chargers. I'd be inclined to take them. And I do think these teams are going to race up and down the field. Even though these defenses are very statistically average, both of them, just like yep. middle-of-the-road defenses, but these offenses are both humming. You know, as long as the Chargers can stop these motion penalties that uh, nullify touchdowns, they've had like three of those in the last two weeks. But other than that, uh, and it still really hasn't slowed them down that much. So I, I think this is going to be a fun way to close out week four. Yeah, these are Sunday night game, Monday game, both just awesome yes, football yes. games to be watching. I would lean over and I would lean Chargers uh, for both of these because yeah. I, I this is nice to see the Chargers finally kind of doing what I, I think we all thought they could be doing, uh, you know, either last year and uh, before the inevitable injuries hit. Pat, thank you very much for pinch hitting. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love talking to you. As you know, we do a lot of podcasts. 
together. Uh, I won't ask you where everybody can find more of you and your work because it's at Fantasy Pros and at Betting Pros and all the good stuff. So don't worry about that. Let me very quickly, uh, again, though, run through our picks just so everybody has them in case you missed it. Pat's taking the Jets, getting seven over the Titans, the Panthers getting four over the Cowboys, and the Chiefs and the Eagles over 54 points. I'm taking the Ravens and the Broncos to go under 45 and a half. The Giants getting seven and a half against the Saints and the Steelers and the Packers under 45 and a half. As usual, we'll be back on Monday talking about our instant reaction to the week five lines. In the meantime, enjoy your football, everybody. I'll talk to you again then. 